This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. On this episode, Celtic are in town to add to United's growing despair. And the D head to Somerset Park aiming to leapfrog table toppers air. Hello and welcome back to Twa Teams One Street. We're on episode number 183. Incredibly, we've made it. Um, George Cran here again doing the talking bit at the start. Um, I think Tam might be still smarting from his, his Liverpool side getting spanked by the mighty man you on Monday. <laughs> but that's that's just a wee jibe from me. Uh, we'll plug on without him and helping fill the void is our United man, Alan Temple. Hello. And the man who actually makes the paperwork is Graham Finnan. He's in talking to us as well. Hello, everyone. So, well, going to have to put off talking about a really exciting nil-nil at Capelo as long as humanly possible. So <laughs> I think there's only one place to start this week again. Um, so, Alan, when are Dundee United going to sort themselves out? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, the smart money would suggest not this weekend. Um, I think a Dundee United team playing exceptionally well would struggle to get anything against this particular Celtic team. Um so a Dundee United team that's fragile and shipping goals like nobody's business has an almighty task. But, hell, you never know. But it's a, it's not been a great four games to um, deploy a massive understatement. Um, it's funny, we've discussed quite a few you know, of, of, of these defeats and I wouldn't say any of them have had mitigating circumstances, but you would say away to AZ, top team collapsed. Head went, fair enough. Came back, continental hangover against Hearts. Again, Hearts, third best team in the country. Fair enough. If anything, the the, the defeat against St Mirren at Tannadice, it's almost the most alarming just because mm. St Mirren shouldn't be coming to Tannadice and restricting Dundee United to a couple of pops at goal, Middleton from a free kick, Niskanen in the second half, but otherwise being completely comfortable and looking like scoring two or three times more than the three goals that they actually scored. It was worrisome. I've, I've not in a while seen a team that look as likely to concede a big chance the moment possession turns over as this Dundee United team, which isn't a great uh, reflection on the the dig and desire to win the ball back when possession's lost, to get into shape, to track your man, to run hard, to make everything a duel. It's it's not great when you're not doing those fundamentals, those those basics, and it and it showed up and 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 again the St Mirren just looked a better team. Mm. Like that's again, you know, Dundee United on paper should probably be the stronger of those teams. They are the team that's been more lucratively assembled uh, compared to the the two elevens and. You know, Ayunga, number seven in attack for St Mirren, was the best player on the pitch. Mark O'Hara was the best midfielder on the pitch. St Mirren just looked a better team from, from front to back. Trevor Carson, which will hurt Dundee United, yeah. was the best goalkeeper on the pitch. So it's it was perhaps the most um, uh, alarming, if not the, uh, the, the most... Uh, comprehensive of the recent defeats and one that if it doesn't act as a wake-up call then nothing ever will it's still early doors it's not a crisis you don't you don't get a crisis after four league games one of which you didn't actually lose 
So you can, we can shelf that. And even if they lose against Celtic, that's not the be-all and end-all. Mm. But what does need to happen is dig, desire, shape, organisation, diligence, don't concede anything stupid. And if one does go behind, don't fold like a pack of cards. Th those are the things that Dundee United fans will demand because it would be silly to demand a point or three points yeah. if Celtic are that good. However, um, there are certain demands and, and, and those are the things that I've just listed. Mm -hmm. And talking about Smyrna, obviously Curtis Main got the two goals. I think he equaled his entire tally for the last season in the Premiership, which probably stings a bit as well. But as you say, it feels like there's just a, an acceptance that they're, they're going to concede at the moment. The, the, the amount of goals that we could see, obviously seven at, at AZ is the big number, but 15 goals in four games. It's, if I've done my maths right, I might have done it wrong, but it's... It doesn't make good reading, especially when you've got Celtic coming next. No, it's the worst. It's the worst league start, um, with one draw from four games and the rest defeats since two thousand three, two thousand four. So already, it's a, in terms of results, it's, it's worrying. But as I say, it's it's the defensive porousness, and it's not the you know people look at defenders and even the goalkeeper, and they are the fall guys when goals are being conceded. But more than any other team I've watched in a long time this is a team effort you know Dundee mm. United's ability to ship goals right now is one to eleven a team effort because the as I say funny first thing you mentioned right is top of the show as a joke you mentioned the, the Manchester United result against Liverpool watch Manchester United's performance against Liverpool see every time they conceded possession Rashford, Alanga, hmm. see if there was a turnover, see if they tried to beat a man or play a pass and possession turned over, they bust a gut to chase back. You know, they're absolutely bombing back and trying to get a foot in. That's what good teams do. That's what well-organised, determined teams do. And that needs to be the bare minimum. That's just effort. It's, and that's what has been missing for the last couple of games for whatever reason. I mean, in today's paper, I've got, you know, um, online, I should say, you know, Ryan Edwards basically saying people will perceive Dundee United as a soft touch. I didn't ask him about being Dundee United being a soft touch. Yeah. He used the phrase, <clears throat> people will think we're a soft touch. And that would have hurt him to say, but if that's something that is being accepted within the dressing room, then it is something that sure as hell should sting and give them a determination to shut that down because I can't think of many things that are probably more insulting as a player than people thinking they can come to your stadium and bully you. Yeah. And particularly when it's Celtic, you hope that a game like this is the one that kind of focuses the minds because even when, as you said earlier, if United are in top form, they're gonna, it's going to be a big task to get anything out of Celtic at the moment doesn't feel like they've much chance but it could be one of these games that maybe galvanite or he needs to be really or else it's, it could be a big score again I, I know what you mean um it's a game that you shouldn't need to be lifted for not that a professional footballer should need to be lifted for any fixture but in particular the visit of the the champion should focus the minds and also there's a lack of pressure nobody is expecting dundee united to get anything so if that weight of expectation is on, been, has been on the shoulder of United players, then that's lifted off. But at the same time, I don't think either of those potential benefits outweigh you know, the challenge ahead. And I really do think the key thing is, if at some point the game is going against Dundee United, they need to stick together and show mm -hmm. the fans that 
there's heart and there's dig. They have there. to show something, don't they? Because Just yeah, because end. otherwise, Celtic. <laughs> let's be. I mean, let's put it in its simplest terms. Celtic are a much better team than AZ Alkmaar. You know, Celtic put out AZ Alkmaar from the Europa League qualifiers when there was less of a gap between the sides and it was early in Ange Postacoglu's reign. This is a far better Celtic team. So if Dundee United were to turn in the defensive displays that they've been showing recently, they could easily ship six or seven against mm. Celtic. So that's, regardless of how the game's going, it's vitally important that Dundee United stay organised, determined and resilient all the way through the game and show the fans that even if they can't get three points they are at least playing for the jersey they're running themselves into the ground and give hope because that'll and, and that can at least let them to look forward to go right we've got a decent run of games at Tannadice and there's a cup game mm-hmm. that could potentially um, get them into the quarterfinals so at that point you know uh, you can perhaps look with a, a degree of positivity but the performance needs to provide that because right now that sort of positivity isn't Abounding, you would say. <laughs> and Bear will bring in the member of the goalkeepers' union. Um, obviously, well, we'll wait and see which man takes up the gloves. Obviously, Carl Johan Eriksson came in for Mark Birigiti. Both have come under a bit of fire. Um, they're going to be busy, aren't they? They're, they're going to be needed, whichever whichever one Jack Ross goes for. Yeah, um, I've got to say, I was very surprised he took Birigiti out. I mean, yeah. we, we've not seen him in training. But he's just in. He's just he's just left yeah. Australia and came over and played a handful of games. And regardless, you know how how poorly he's done it. The team has performed poorly as well, and I, I think it gives him an issue now. Where does he go um, after after Saturday's defeat? He brings uh, Ericsson in. Um, I don't think he, he he did anything wrong until probably the final final goal. But they've shipped three goals again, which suggests it's not just the keeper that is yeah. the problem. I'm surprised as well that. You know, I'd be very surprised if it's a lack of confidence in, in, on the part of Barigiti because Australians tend to be ultra confident, yeah. you know, in their own ability and what they can do. Mm. And this this lad, before he came over, you heard him, you know, he, he, he's quite an experienced keeper. You know, he was the top keeper over there but, and with stats and things like that. And then, yeah, he's had a poor start, but here it was a big call taking him out mm. so early because... I think he's got to play Ericsson again, or you know, or, yeah, yeah. looks like he's on the side. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Ericsson will, will get his chance, but just where that leaves Bergetti and, and and his sort of mindset, you know, suddenly finds himself thousands and thousands of miles away from his, his homeland, and you know, out the team, um, that must be pretty difficult, mm. uh, George. But it's, it's the manager has got to make the call. He's got to find a way for Dundee United to. To, to get themselves back on track. And that's going to be difficult against the Celtic side. Let's be honest, United over the past three years, I, I've watched United, you know, this season, and I think they've shipped more daft goals in the first sort of five or six weeks of the season mm. than they have over the past three years. I'm talking about silly defensive mistakes and just errors. They haven't given teams, you know, a looking over the past few years, bar one team. And it's been Celtic and it's been at Tardis, and even United when they've been, you know, doing yeah. well defensively. Celtic have come and carved them open at Tannadice at times. You know, so that must be a big concern that, you know, you're shipping 15 goals in the last sort of three or four games or whatever it is. And Celtic are coming to Tannadice, you know, and they're all over the park, Celtic. So it's a big call uh, for, for mm-hmm. Jack Ross. a big job, I should say. Get, as Alan says, you've got to get back to the fundamentals. It may be the way he sets the team up. 
I think, you know, we, we talked before about Callum Butcher and the role he played in front of that back four. But I think we're seeing now just how big it was and how important yeah. it was giving them that platform to go and, and win games. But the first thing you've got to do, United as a team, is stop giving away silly goals. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who you do that against. If you do that, you're going to have a problem, you know, against any team. Against Celtic, it could become embarrassing again. Um I don't, Alan wasn't doing his best job of selling the game to the United fans that they were going to rock up on but they'll get behind their team <laughs> at 30 quid a ticket I don't think United are doing a very good job of selling it either no, no, you're right. <laughs> I've got to say you talked about this at Nun game and, and uh, talked about Marco Hara and I liked Marco Hara when he was that yeah, he was back. excellent at Dundee, he had potential yeah. he had a great engine um, you know he's a strong running lad he's, he's gone on and proved he can play but there is no way Mark O'Hara should be the best player on the park at Tandice when they're playing Dundee United. So yeah. there's something right right through the team smells off, which mm. isn't a good sign at this early in the season. And it's how the manager cajoles his players, you know, uh, you know, gets him gets a performance out of them. It could be that uh, the game at the weekend is the one for them. And even as Alan says, if they don't come away with points, the performance, the look yeah, as though they've given definitely. Celtic a game. They've not given much away. They've given themselves a wee bit of hope that they have turned the corner because, as I said last week, it wasn't a crisis. It's turning into something of a mini-crisis at this point in time, I've got to say. Sell like, okay, you just put your hands up. Anything you get from the old firm, you accept. But they've then got a tough league cup tie. You know, the gods have conspired against them. As a seeded team, to be drawn away away from home against Livingston is extremely, (laughs) extremely unfortunate, I've got to say, at this stage of the competition. So you, you can see where I'm going here, George. You know, You've got to do it for yourself, though. You've got to do it for yourself. The players have got to rally amongst themselves. And, you know, we need a few more leaders on the park. I think Ryan Edwards is a leader. Yeah. But we need a few more sticking their head above the parapet yeah. here, you know, and, and really sort of showing what they're capable of and not and not going hiding. But it's, uh, it's a tough one for Jack Ross. But I do expect, er- going back to your original question, yeah. I expect Ericsson to, to, to get a call for the next few games. And... Oh, I know that I was reading your stuff in the paper this morning on Thursday, uh, talking about the way Jack Ross might set up his team. You, you think he might make changes for, for this one? Obviously, after a 3 0 defeat at home, you can expect changes, but do you expect big changes? The funny thing is, I think you could line up in any shape or in any formation if united make the mistakes they've been making mm. and show the lack of resilience that they've been showing it really doesn't matter football is quite a simple game and if you don't do the basics then it really doesn't matter how you shape up so that's priority number one having said all that i think he's got to play five three two like i really <laughs> do i i, I just uh, i think you know we, we did a piece this week looking back on the one one draw at tanadice and that was a fairly weakened dundee united team that got a one one draw against celtic and that's the shape they played and it was tactically really spot on um, and I think that's got to be what they draw inspiration from. I think it's a shape that can work against Celtic because it ensures there's nothing between the lines. You can smother that midfield area, force them out wide and then back your centre halves to clear any danger that comes into the box. So I think that probably has to be the uh, the strategy. I'm intrigued that, that Jack Ross also pointed out how well Nicky Clark's been training. Mm. Um Nicky Clark was outstanding in that 1-1 draw. He did a lot of really selfless work, dropped back, uh, shackled Callum McGregor and won the most duels of anyone on the pitch that night. Um, 
And I think that's another point. Even if United were to go 5-3-2, of that two, one will need to drop back and make you know work really, really selflessly. Who is the striker alongside Stephen Fletcher who could do that? Um, Tony Watts not had his best couple of games, I think it's fair to say. Whereas if Nicky Clark's knocking on the door, you would maybe say Nicky Clark could come in and do a lot of that selfless mm. work. So a lot will depend on what shape he deploys. I would be quietly stunned if it was 4-3-3 again um, against Celtic because you'd effectively be going man for man against the best team in the country. So um, I would expect perhaps a change of shape and, yeah, a, a tweak in terms of the personnel. And I would be giving Nicky Clark a lot of thought just based on how good he was against Celtic mm. uh, last time. And I would most certainly be bringing Craig Sibold back into the team because he's the, the most tough tackling of all their midfielders, which... Um, as we've touched on a couple of times, it is a squad that is lacking that out-and-out ugly destroyer of a midfielder. Mm. Um, but Craig Sibbald is the closest thing they've got and he needs to play against Celtic. And um, I was going to say hot off the press, but it's not even made the press yet. But uh, <laughs> you've, you've been away to see uh, Tony Ashgard this morning just before coming to do the podcast. So how is he... How, how is he um, seeing the situation that his team is in and do you think they might be able to add before next week especially that midfield destroyer they want the message specifically on recruitment was at this moment in time they're content with what they've got um, they will be working right up until midnight on uh, September 1st mm. but um, if nothing was to change then they would be satisfied which is bold um, it, it's a tacit uh, backing for both our goalkeepers and suggests that they believe they've got enough in midfield so um, speaking more uh, more generally yeah it was a it was a fun chat um, kind of I was five minutes late for this record so very professional not pointing that out um, <laughs> it's that's such was the the length of, of the chat and it was yeah fairly uh, full and frank Tony Askar is a man that kind of appreciates if you, you don't pull your punches when you're mm. speaking to him in, in terms of the questions so there was a bit of you know there was plenty of back and forth there and the message was a you know without wanting to give away everything that we want people to read um, and by the time you listen to this there's, there's probably stuff over on the uh, the, the Tully and oh, the Courier websites Courier and almost, the Tully websites um, <laughs> that you can get stuck into um, but yeah very very defiant very um, dismissive of certain rumours regarding Jack Ross described his relationship as Jack Ro with Jack Ross as stronger than ever despite the, the results in recent weeks. So very keen to dismiss talk of a rift or anything mm. like that. And gave vehemently defended the club's recruitment um, over the summer period and made it clear that Jack Ross got final say on every one of those signings, which will always be a, a debate amongst the Dundee United fans. Um, and... I mean, those would be the things that are the, the pressing uh, newsy elements that have been kind of cropping up this week. But um, more generally, there was a, a lot there in terms of the new chief executive, the the search for a new academy coach, uh, well, a new academy chief effectively mm. with Andy Goldie leaving and so much more beyond that. So, yeah, it was an interesting chat. It was interesting that 
Tony chose to put his head above the parapet at this time. Yeah. It's very easy for a sporting director, I guess, to come out um, after they've just qualified for Europe or if he's mm. unveiling uh, Jack Ross. It's a little bit tougher when you've just played four games and conceded 15 goals. So fair play for him coming out to have a chat. And it was, um, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting one. And uh, to, to, to coin the cry from the streets, you can read all about it in, in the next uh, kind of few days or so. Yeah, we'll do, but... Uh, <clears throat> Baird, we were talking about uh, Callum Butcher and his departure, mm-hmm. and obviously mm-hmm. Yando Fuchs left uh, six months before that. Are you a wee bit surprised that that's, they're going with? They're quite happy with where they're at, and they're not frantically searching for for somebody to go in and basically kick the opposition a wee bit like Callum Butcher used to do. Yeah, I mean, well. Callum Butcher used to do that, but there was a player in there as well, yeah. George. You know, I was past part part of the game, and and uh, to be honest, I, I, I forgot with John Fuchs uh, the, the role he played in that as well. But I think it's the whole thing about United. You know, they've changed the way they want to operate. That's why, that's why you know, t- uh, Tam Courts has basically has left. One of the reasons, and and you know, Jack Ross is in. Uh, you know, they want mm. they, they want to see the team more on the front foot and less on the hitting on the break defensive side of things. Now that. That can be difficult to do, taking a step like that and one go. And I think they've discovered that you can't go from, you know, being really tight at the back, yeah. giving teams nothing away, to being a team that's going to be, you know, able to score goals but still keeping it tight at the back. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a tall order. And it could be that Jack Ross is still finding out, you know, what players can do. I think he knows what players can do, but just how to mould the team around that and protect that back four. I think the fact that they've lost so many goals, the George have got to. First thing they're doing this week in training is they've got to shut that back door. They've yeah. got to attempt to shut, and it's Celtic isn't the easiest team to do that against. But they've got to make strides towards doing that and being much, much tighter. Uh, Alan's right about Craig Sibbald. He looks as though he's got he's a stick on to come. And I don't know about maybe can Charlie McGrew maybe go and sit in front of the, you know mm. maybe Ross Graham and Edwards at the back. I don't know. Maybe something like that just just to give it a wee bit more solidity. But it starts. Um, we talk about. The, the back line but you know you're only as good as Alan again touched on the fact you see Liverpool Manchester everybody is a defender in that team yeah. as yeah. soon as somebody switches off that's modern football now yeah as soon yeah. as somebody sw- if you're not putting a shift in you suddenly find you've got runners piling in on full backs and full backs have got overlap mm. and, and they're stuck and it's the defenders that end up getting the blame for that but the problem could be further up the pitch and maybe that's in another area you could you could look at so yeah I mean it's a tough, it's a tough call, especially against Celtic, because you know you're effectively not going to have much of the ball, but you've got to, you've got to give it your best shot. Mm. You've got to show a lot more than they've been showing, and give nothing away. And you need a wee bit of luck as well, George. I've got to say, sometimes you find when you're losing goals, everything tends to go against you. The breaks yeah. go against you. The ball. Well, that's what happened to the first goal, wasn't yeah, it? The, yeah, yeah. These things happen, and you know it, it goes in cycles. Over the course of the season, it will balance itself out. So. But they can help themselves, there's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. The thing that will frustrate Dundee United fans and will absolutely frustrate Jack Ross as well is right now they've surrendered their defensive stability and got absolutely nothing back in return. Mm. You know, it would be if fans and the coaches could see a little bit of attacking invention, a little bit of attacking magic, a little bit of a change of style happening, it would be a lot easier to stomach maybe being a bit open mm-hmm. at the back. Right now they're open at the back and getting nothing in return for the other at the other end. They've scored two goals from open play all season. They've not scored more than one goal in a single match. It is as bad as it's ever been going forward and much worse than it's ever been at the back. So the 
the transition into being a more attacking team is is proving more painful than I think anyone could have could have imagined. And I think for the moment, you've just got to shelf that idea yeah, of being more so. inventive. Yeah. You've got to shelf that idea of a change of style and say, listen, see if we're going to be as ugly and as attritional as Tam Quartz's team on its worst day or, or Mickey Mellon's team in its most unentertaining way, then so be it. Because if that's what's needed to give you a platform to win a football yeah. match, one now and get out of this run, then that's what you've got you to need do. To, you need to do that. You need to take that for a few games and the fans need to totally. accept that. You take what you get, scrap, be yeah. dirty, do what you can do to get anything out of, out of matches. Because basically where they're at now is they're obviously, they're, they're, they're training during the week, they're working on things, they're, you know, they're trying hard to eradicate errors in, in, on the park, but goals undermine that, goals against. As soon as you lose a couple of goals, mm. you know, even the, even the most professionals, you're not going to stick to that game plan. Everything goes out the window, George, and players start trying to do a wee bit more instead of taking the easier option. And, you know, everything you've worked on for a week is gone. They need to get back to, as we've spoken about, being a bit more solid and over the next few games, build towards that United we know that can be solid and hopefully add a bit more attack and progress. Mm. Well, after... After all that cheery stuff, it's been <laughs> really good fun. Um, <laughs> we'll just have to hope that uh, United uh, rise to the challenge. It's obviously a very big challenge against Celtic, but fingers crossed and best of luck to them. Hopefully we have more cheery stuff to talk about next week. might not be likely, but we'll see. Um, we'll nip across the, to the other side of the street. We're and talk about a game where two teams very much were tight at the back, far too tight for my liking. Yeah, Bear, 0-0 at Morton. Um, should we talk about that game? <laughs> Straight on to Friday what, night's game. I have to admit, I, I quite enjoyed the first half. It was okay mm -hmm. for a 0-0. It was yeah. both teams going yeah. at it. It was, I mean, I was behind the goal, which is exposed at, at Morton, and you know, Sunday, no, then, yeah. normally <laughs> if you're behind the goal and it's exposed at Capolo, is, is Blan Hooley and the rain's in your face and things like mm. that. So it was quite nice from that perspective. But you're right, Dundee started started on the front foot, and, and you know, well, they, well, they had to. There was a bit of a Morton came out yeah. quick, and then Dundee yeah, came Dun out, and Dundee, I think Dundee had a period, had a good period, yeah, yeah, and you know, had, had a couple of chances, and and then the. <laughs> The game just sort of went a wee bit flat, which wasn't good for Dundee, I've, yeah. got, I've got to say, because, you know, Morton, Morton began to get a foothold in the game, and although they didn't do too much, they had a chance right before half-time when the boy, the boy's right through and goal, and it's, it's set up nicely for him. He's lobbed over over uh, Harry Sharp, and fortunately for Dundee, he's gone past the post. Um, second half, the ball must have been sore, honestly. It was just yeah. punted <laughs> up in the air, up in the air. I... I I, I took the point, uh, or I, I recognise the point that uh, Gary Boyer said uh, regarding the park. There aren't any sprinkler systems at Capolo, um, and it was a very sunny day. It was very dry. The, the ball was sticking on that You could park. see players were tripping over they it. They were trying stuff, to yeah. run with the ball yeah. and, uh, and pass the ball, and it just wasn't moving, so I'll put that down. as it. But like, like we've said, it's the same for both teams. And, you know, I thought, I thought Dundee had the edge until the last five minutes when obviously they've had the ears for that long throw and it's glanced on and it bounces across the line and for you know standing behind that goal you're just waiting for the net to, yeah. to, to bulge at the back post and fortunately for Dundee it came out so over the, the course of the 90 minutes you know um, it wasn't a great performance uh, they can do a lot better but going to Capital and getting a point isn't the worst thing in the world George as, there's no, there's a lot of teams will go there and be quite happy with a point this mm. season. I think they've done these perspectives. Yeah. Another clean sheet on the road. They got a clean sheet at Starts Park, mm -hmm. a, you know, a fortnight earlier. So 
yeah, I think they could they can build on that. That you can absolutely build on clean sheets. I think you you've got to take your hat off to the performances of the defenders again. I thought Sweeney was good. I thought Tyler French was outstanding. Uh, yeah, you know, pace. He must be one of the quickest players at the club. You know, yeah, well, that's what Boya said when he signed to him. To actually yeah. be in the back line, you know, because with a couple of balls, I mean, that, that went beyond the defence, but he, he got here back and got foot in, and he did mm. he did really well. I think uh, Josh Mulligan did bits and pieces that were good, but he, he, ultimately he passed the ball rather. And I think was, I think when Josh Mulligan gets on the ball and he's running towards goal, I think he still should always be looking to get a shot away. Yeah, there's times when he's knocking the ball wide, but he you will. Know, I think. Uh, Paul McMahon putting in another good shift, but we need a I return. I thought he was the best attacker. We need yeah. a return from. Keep setting the bar. How many times has he hit the bar yeah. in the post? I know, he's been <laughs> really unfortunate. He is. And b- that's, a, that's bad news. You'd rather be a lucky striker than a good striker, <laughs> or, you know, attacker. You'd rather went in off your backside sometimes. Up top, they're struggling. And I, I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that Zach Grodden will get goals. And I think he will get goals. But what I've seen so far in his link up play isn't good enough mm-hmm. he needs to get hold of that ball he needs to bring other players into play he needs to do better in that aspect he was he was getting told by obviously because uh, it's so tight to the stand you can kind of hear yeah. stuff from the dugouts yeah. and Boyer was certainly yeah. telling he was, Rudden you can, yeah. do, you can do more than flick yeah. it on because he kept yeah. flicking it he was mm-hmm. allowing guys to step in front of him at times and, yeah. and other times it was breaking off his knee and you know, his touch just wasn't good enough. And that worries me for Dundee, you know, because we need a striker that's going to bring the rest of the team up the park at times. Mm-hmm. You know, when you do have to, in a game like that, where they were tending to go a bit more longer in the second half and the ball was sticking in the middle of the park, you know, he needs, he needs to do a bit more. Um, do you think he might go with Robbins? Well, Zach Robinson came on and, and did all right, but still looks, he looks raw to me as well. Yes. He's not, he, he doesn't look as though his touch is fantastic. He has got power and he has got pace and I like seeing him running in behind, but it's one you've got your back to the goal. That's the big thing for mm-hmm. Dundee. I think they need they need a striker that's going to you know occupy a few defenders, that's going to take the ball in and lay off. And I think if they get that, there'll be there'll be a much better prospect getting up the park yeah. because it'll allow their wingers to, to Chris, get in. Christian Nade still playing. Well, that's, that. I, I was going to I was going yeah, I, I was going to play the the layman here and and ask. I mean. Is Killian Sheridan completely out of the picture? Because you're kind no. of describing a player that Killian Sheridan is on his good days. <laughs> yeah. it, no, he's he was on the bench against our broth. Because uh-huh. so he's, he's big, he's strong, he's got yeah. a lovely touch. You know, he's you know he's his technical apprenticeship coming through at Celtic and the countries yeah. he's played in in Europe. He's he can take care of a football he's fast as well. Yeah, I just, just it, it's, yeah. it's interesting that you're almost yeah. describing a, a player that if you could get a tune out of and more importantly full fitness out of yeah, Killian yeah. Sheridan, he could potentially be. Oh, that, that could be. That well, could, could yeah, be. he was on, he was on the bench against our broth, mm. uh, and so obviously he must have been fit enough to be able to come on the park at some point, mm. uh, and then he. he just felt a little. I don't think it was particularly an injury or anything, but Boyer said he just felt a bit off on the that Friday before the game. Time. Yeah, he said yeah. that you know, that length of time out, and so they just kept him at the squad. As well as that, the parts are sticky, they're dry, yeah, yeah. they're quite hard underneath. I think it's, you've got to take, take my kid, kid gloves at the moment, you know, yeah, killing chair exactly. comes back in. But it's something that they need. You imagine between now and the transfer window is something that Gary Boyer is going to be looking at. Uh, you know, he's, he's seen most of his squad now. They've all had decent run, running games. Um, and they're doing all right. As, as we said, a, a, a point's not to be scoffed at at, at Capelo. Um I'll be interested to see how they go this Friday again on the road. Yeah. At air. And talking about the transfer market, obviously, 
surprised me a bit at uh, the start this week. Sean Bond being told that he could uh, move on by Gary Boyer, whether f- f- like a full transfer or, or a loan. Alan, that, that surprised you? I've been a long... I know it surprised Sean. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's not really a nice thing to think about. He's a yeah. lovely, lovely he's a lad. Yeah. He's a good player as well. I, it's... Um, it's. I've been a long time admirer of of Sean Bunn. One of my um, uh, one of my many many tweets that didn't age that well. It's um, it was from very early days of Twitter. Such was was when a teenage Sean Bunn was breaking through at Dunfermline, and I was kind of re- reasonably early days of of covering games, and I compared them to a sort of young Barry Ferguson mm. because that is how he carried himself. He had that little. Um, Look one way, dip the shoulder, go the other way. Calmness that was really uncommon for a, yeah. a teenager, and he's carried that through his career. He takes care of the football really nicely. Um, whether, I mean, I'm just trying to get into Gary Boyer's mindset. You know, whether he's got that pace and physicality that he wants from his midfield, I, I don't know. But I think he's a lovely footballer. I think there's something to be said for guys that can take take the ball, dip a shoulder, go the other way, mm. expand the play. But, you know, uh, I, I really like Sean uh, Byrne as a, as a player. I really liked him as part of the Livingston team that got promoted. He was super for them. Um, I, th- I thought when he left Dunfermline, he needed a change after Dunfermline. But at the same time, I thought he was kind of underappreciated how good he was um, at times for them as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. And I think, he, I think he fills a role that I don't see many other players in that Dunfermline squad but they've got some fine midfielders yeah. uh, they've got a lot of energy they've got legs they've got physicality but in terms of a, a boy that can take the ball retain possession circulate the ball spread it wide just generally put in a tackle, that's, put in that's a, so yeah put in a tackle as well yeah. like just generally help you control the tempo and um, yeah, whether winning back possession or retaining possession just making sure you're dominating the game I think Sean Byrne does that really yeah. well so um, but listen We've uh, enough times we've sat here this season and said Gary Boyer's done a, a lot right. He's making big decisions. He's changing things. He's so he's he's the manager, and if if this is how he wants to build his new look mm-hmm. squad, then um, we, we just have to go with that and trust that, like the majority of his decisions so far, seem to have been. Um, hope that they pay off yeah. from, from a Dundee perspective. And it is very much building. Building his own team, he's brought in Joe Grayson. To, looks, looks like to play in that that role, uh, defensive midfield. He thought he was excellent against Abroth, spraying the ball about and showing his quality in the ball. Felt like the game passed him by a bit at, at Morton, uh, although probably the sorest muscle in his body after that game would have been his neck. I think mm. <laughs> uh, such was the ball going over his head so so often. But um, I felt like they missed Sean Bourne for that type of game because he knows exactly what the championship's about and can stick the foot in and, and hold the ball when needed. But I wonder whether he's maybe just ended up being kind of the odd one out there. I mean, I there's a lot of midfielders there. I think he's a victim. I think Gary Boyer has looked at the scores, looked at the midfield. They're overloaded, George. Yeah. They're overloaded with midfielders now. And you've got Finn Robertson coming through well, and maybe he just thinks... The alarm bells the alarm bells had to be ringing. Among, I said this last week on the po- amongst every midfielder. Mm-hmm. Last week yeah. when he brings Grayson in and puts him on from the start. Yeah. Because that's a guy who has just come in right into the team. No pre-season with Dundee whatsoever. Goes in, does a job. That tells you that Boyer's very much got him as part of his plans going forward. Now you can't 
were overloaded with midfielders before they brought Grayson in. You've got to you've got to look to move people out now. It could be the case that, that Sean Byrne. I mean, we're not privy to his salary. I'm sure it's a, it's a decent salary amongst the midfielders that are there. That maybe he's at the top end of the the wage bracket. Now, if Dundee want to bring players in. Yeah, I, th- I that, think that's, that's the thinking. That's where yeah. you go, and, and it could be not Sean Byrne. There's no doubt whatsoever in my mind that Sean Byrne can do a job for Dundee in the middle of that park mm-hmm. this season. I think he's, I, I did think that in the Premier League last season, and it might not have just been because of Sean Byrne, it might have been because Dundee had also Charlie Adam and Paul McGowan in, in the middle of the park, mm-hmm. that the midfield was pedestrian at times. Boys that could play, but pedestrian, and you need runners in that Premier League as well, you know. But down in the championship, Sean Byrne can can uh, can play a role for Dundee. But it could be the fact that you know if, if, if Gary Boyer wants to bring in someone, and the money he requires is X amount, yeah, he has to get that X amount off the budget. And it's just unfortunate for Sean Byrne, he is earning that X amount, so it's his name that has come in and he's and he set them. But here, you know, it's, Sean Byrne won't be short of admirers. It's whether somebody can take. You know, yeah. can take on his contract because he's got another two years, I believe, at Dens Park. Mm. Do you know what's funny? I, I was just about to say, in terms of the, the admirers for Sean Byrne, I think it speaks a lot the quality that he has. That I would not be at all surprised if Sean Byrne ends up in the Premiership. Steps up. I, yeah, I could yeah, actually, yeah. I could comfortably see Sean Byrne leaving Dundee uh, in third place in the Championship and getting a Premiership yeah. club because he he's got plenty of fans still at Livingston, for example. You could imagine them in a in a mother world, for example. You know, these are all names I'm throwing out yeah, based yeah. on you know based on the optics and, and how I could see him fitting in places rather than you know any any firm information. But I not only will he not be short of admirers, I think he could find himself stepping up. He's because he is a he's a sort of player that while it might not be what Dundee need at this particular moment, he's very much what somebody will need out there because mm-hmm. he's, he's mm-hmm. very good at what he does. And. If, well, if that does happen and Gary Boer's got a bit of cash to throw about, where do, where do you think he's looking? No, well, as I've said, a striker. Striker. It's got to be. It's got to be. A, I, I think it's tough for him because, you know, it's, it's not going to be a 20-year-old striker. It's, it's going to be somebody, you know, at the other end of the age scale, I would suggest, somebody that knows the business. And is there somebody in Scotland that fits that bill that is available? Mm. It's more likely there's, there will be someone down south, but you may have to pay a bit to get somebody up sticks yeah. and come north. And that's the, that's a problem Gary Boyer, Boyer has at this point in time. But it shows he's... George, it shows that he's he's not afraid to make difficult yeah. decisions. I mean, Sean Byrne is, is quite popular with the Dundee support as mm. well. Um, so, But Gary Boyer has got to, got to put a team on the part that's going to win that championship this season. Um, so he's brought in uh, effectively a holding midfielder in, in Joe Grayson who looks as though he's got legs on, on him as well he also looks as though he, he can maybe provide a few assists with you know set yeah. plays etc etc and the fact he's got right in the team suggests he's going to be in there if, if he's fit um, and there are, there are others there that I'd be concerned about at this point in time but you know we spoke about Finn Robertson Lyle Cameron hasn't really had a look in yet I mean I, I, I'm desperately hoping that you know he'll get another chance because when he's come on, he's done well and he's provided a mm. goal. I'm just wondering if, you know, as much as I love Paul McMahon, I think Paul McMahon has been fantastic for Dundee. At the end of the day, it's it's the stats, it's the data that will will make the decision. How many assists has he got this season? How many goals has he got this season? Is Leo Cameron likely to provide 
a wee bit more. Yeah. yeah. In that respect, you know, and it might be the case that they've obviously got this League Cup tie coming up. That boy, I may give some boys the opportunity to go yeah, and show yeah. what they can do. Um, but yeah, I would expect. I, I, I'm definitely hoping that they can get. You spoke about Christian Nadi, and I'll go back to when Paul Hartley signed him. A lot of guys, and what are you bringing him in for? But it was the signing that got Dundee over the line. Yeah. You know, he just came in and he just, just, you know. Yeah. Not, not Joel Newbley, but that sort of yeah. physical aspect where defenders just can't get near the ball. Mm. And he had a great touch. So mm-hmm. he brought everybody into play, occupies a couple of central defenders. Everybody wants to go and try to take the ball from the closer man. He was springing it left and right. And he come up with a few big goals as well in, in, his, in his time. So that's, that's really what we're looking for. But yeah. here, you tell me where they are, man. Yeah. Sure, Gary Boyer, well, I'd like to know as well. That's the thing. Even the big teams down south can't yeah. find strikers. Yeah. Man, you can't, can't <laughs> find a striker. I mean, what's done these chances? Killian Sheridan could be the answer. But again, you're, all, you're always... Is he you never know, yeah. Fitness, exactly. Know? It's amazing how many times George mentions Manchester United yeah, this week compared to normal no, weeks, isn't it? It's yeah. weird, that. It's odd. Strange, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it probably won't be mentioned next week when yeah, it all comes tumbling down again. This is the last mention uh, on the podcast. <laughs> We're talking of stats, um, I, I was having a good research, some stats across the championship, and I was a bit surprised, I have to admit, Dundee's uh, opponents on Friday, Air United, considering the way uh, I'd seen them start in the Premier Sports Cup when they were taking on my team, Queen of the South, and I'll have to mention we thumped them 3-0 at Somerset Park um, before our that. season fell apart. <laughs> um <laughs> So, I, I mean, I think it surprised quite a few people that they sit top of the league. It's only four games in, but they also sit top of the, the stats in a lot of areas. They've had far more shots than anyone else in the division. I think about 20 more shots than anyone else. Wow. Which, which Yeah, that's that's <laughs> why when I saw it, I thought, oh. So, they, and the, I think they've had more crosses and more dribbles than anyone else as well. So they're, they're not a flash. It doesn't seem yeah, like it's... Trying to worry me, George. Because yeah, you're making <laughs> yeah. a good job of it, I'll tell you. Well, I like yeah. that. That's, that speaks of a direct yeah. attacking... Yeah, just exactly. To, you know, not, not route one, but aggressive It's not a smashing grip. Yeah, that's what yeah. it feels like. It doesn't feel like it's been sitting back and, and yeah. hitting on the break. They're going after teams and they're yeah. taking chances to get the ball in the box. And they're hitting it from range. They're hitting it from everywhere. So... Yeah, they're obviously a team playing with a bit of confidence yeah. as well. Um, I, I mean, we do the our sister papers up, up north, uh, the Evening Express and the P&G, and they cover Cove Rangers, obviously, mm. and Jim McIntyre, you know, spoke highly of Air United, and basically they went up and destroyed Cove. It was 2-1 Sounded final like it, score, yeah. but they absolutely murdered them. You know, with the, if you look at the stats, they were two, I think Cove got a penalty in stoppage time mm. to, to, to make the score, score a bit more respectable. So, yeah, um, it's, it, it could be a worry, but what would say they've not played Dundee yet. Dundee are the, are the favourites. That's, the, that's the thing. They've, so they've played let, two teams that came up. Let's so, see yeah. what happens on, on Friday night. If it's sort of Air United going back a few seasons with Lauren Shankland banging in goals, we're going to start getting really worried. But at this <laughs> yeah. point in time, I it's, think we just, yeah. just need to you know, take it as it comes. Again, we spoke about this last week. The, the pitch should be in good nick. There's mm. been a bit, wee bit of rain this week, so hopefully the ball will move a bit, bit N- more. Night time as well. Yeah, so, yeah. A, bit, a bit more freely, and hopefully Dundee can get back to, to, you know, defensively they were pretty solid last week, I've got to say. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't expect that to change, but more when they're on the ball, you know, hopefully when they're attacking, you know, they're not falling over mm-hmm. the ball, and um, 
they can create a wee bit more. But well, that wouldn't yeah. be hard, mind you. They've got, yeah. I wasn't mentioning all those stats to, to say Duddy are going to get thumped <laughs> or anything, but I think it tells us that their defence yeah. is going to have to be on their mm-hmm. game. They're, um, they're going to be, yeah. It's, They've got a good manager as well. United, I really, really yeah. rate Lee Bullen. He's, um, you know, he's done a long apprenticeship down at Sheffield Wednesday mm-hmm. and was very highly rated there. Did very well when he stepped in as caretaker a couple of times. Players adore him. He's right, hardworking, yeah. diligent. He's good on community stuff, you know, reaches out and, and, and he's been great in that regard. In my view, and hope I'm not talking out of school, but when the Dunfermline vacancy came up last season and went to Yogi, Lee Bullen was somebody that, if Dunfermline had so chosen, could have been the next Dunfermline manager. In my, in my view, he was the man. He was the choice for so many reasons. So I think they've got a, a really good one in Bully and I, I think he'll go on to have a, a good career in coaching. So, yeah, the one thing you can guarantee from one of his sides is they'll be aggressive and they'll run themselves mm. into the ground. But as you guys will, will hope over the course of the season, Dundee should be relying on their superior quality to, yeah. to get past those. So. I mean, as, as, a, as a supporter, you're always worried. And there, there normally happens, you're worried somebody, some team finds something, whether it's a, a striking partnership up front, George, and yeah, starts... Yeah banging in goals and we go back to to Air United you know of old when Shanklin was there and give, gives you real problems you're worried but at this point in time what I've seen and um, you know I, I've not seen any any team that Dundee should be overly concerned about and I'm not saying that Dundee will win the league I'm just saying I've not seen any team mm. that you're starting to go I think we're already oh, seeing the table that we, it's, we it's going to be tight we have, we have a problem yeah. here you know Dundee will have to go and do it but there's nobody going to run away from yeah. you Mm. As we've seen maybe with teams in the past, like Ross County, when they've been down in Inverness and they, and they start battering teams, I don't see that happening at this point. So Friday night setup is, is, is a great game for TV because it yeah. should be it should be a decent a decent ninety minutes. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, as I say, with all these shots that Air have had, they've scored the same amount of goals as Dundee. Which tells you that yeah. maybe Dundee's got the quality to to go down there and, and get a big result. They, yeah. they showed that the last time on Friday Friday night on TV though. Yeah, and, and as we say, I mean, goals can undermine confidence. So if Dundee can get their yeah. noses in front, then we'll see we'll see what what error error made of. But uh, yeah, again, it's another tough one for Dundee, and um, you know, a draw wouldn't be a bad result. But coming on the back of the Morton result, fans might go, "No, oh, this isn't good enough. We need, we should be winning yeah. games away from home." So I think it's a game. There was a bit of that after the Morton. Yeah. Game, so, but, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think if, they, if they've got to win this week, four points, I mean, that would be, and the one at uh, Starts Park as well. So what a return that would be, you know, if, if they could get if they could get the win, it would be seven points from nine on the road. Yeah, exactly. What a platform that is to, to you know, put your noses in front in, in this table. But uh, it's early days. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to have a good look at air, just to see what they're Yeah, me too. Like, yeah. Aye, me too. And as I say, Dundee are yet to concede on the road in the, the division. They've probably just put the... Yeah, the okay. on that well, one, but it's in, yeah. I mean, that's. I think you get the feeling that Gary Boyer wants to get Lee Ashcroft in the team, but how does he get him in the team? I know Sweeney's the captain, oh, and other French other was than, the best. Other I gave French man of the yeah, match. Other than throwing so. them on, throwing them on, <laughs> you know, ten minutes to yeah. saying, head everything away, which he did again. <laughs> he did again on on Saturday. I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it all depends on 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 points, and you know, if, if the teams. Struggling then, I'm sure everybody will get their chance. Over the course of a season, you always get an opportunity. Mm. Always just got to bite your time. And, and Ashcroft has, has said that to himself. 
Yeah, it promises to be a big a big night in in air. I'm looking forward to it. It should be big night out in air. I know. No said that often, George. No, it's been a while. It's been a while. I have to say. Um, <laughs> and then the, there's a big cup match uh, coming up next week. So f- hopefully by the next time we record, there'll be something uh, exciting to talk about. Well, Rather than a nil-nil again, so fingers crossed on that front. Well, you'll get penalties in the cup anyway, John. <laughs> There'll be some goals at least. <laughs> uh, and but with that, we've kind of ran out of time, so we'll just have to say thanks for listening and uh, speak to you next week. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice, or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door.